poor. Thank you, Jesus. More, 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 more. And share that with you today. So the first thing I want to just share is We've been reborn, and what does that mean? And, and many of us as Christians kind of understand it a little bit, but sometimes we forget. And I just want to bring that back, bring us back to this gospel message of what reborn means and what happened when Jesus died on the cross, then was buried, and then was resurrected, and what it means for him to live his life inside of you, and what that brings to each and every one of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So... I'm going to ask, oh good, there it is, I'm born again. I'm going to ask, if we go to the first slide, Jesus explained this to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a uh, high priest, a leader in that time. He was a religious leader. And he went to Jesus and he was asking questions to Jesus. And Jesus, one of the first things he began to explain to Nicodemus is these words. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. So this truth that he's going to tell them is eternal. It's for all eternity, meaning it's for you and me, for everyone prior, everyone future, everyone. This truth is eternal. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience rebirth. You cannot fix the outside of the cup and try to walk in the flesh and think you're going to experience the kingdom realm of God. And Jesus then continue to say they must experience this rebirth for in verse 6 he continues and says the natural realm meaning our flesh our bodies can only give birth to the things that are in the natural but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life and I want to just camp here and what is supernatural life and what is rebirth teaching every one of you and I pray that you grab and get a hold of what God is trying to show us see what had happened to man is in the garden man decided that he would believe the liar the accuser of the brethren and believe the lie and he got into the flesh and because he began to live in the flesh instead of living in the presence of God matter of fact when God came to walk with him again in the garden the cool of the evening man ran from the presence of God so they got outside of the presence of God and lived in the flesh but Jesus Christ came and died on the cross to return us back into the presence of God and so the Aramaic word here, that's the Aramaic is the, the language of Jesus. A word for being born again or being re, in rebirth is born from your origin. Born from your origin or born from the origin. The implication is that you must be born again like Adam was born by the direct breath of God. Adam was clay formed up, and God breathed into Adam face to face, and the spirit of the living God brought life into Adam. And we, being dead to sin, being born again, God breathes his spirit back into us. And that's what that reborn again means, that we have now been given all of Christ, all of his spirit, has been breathed back into us again. Hallelujah, what a beautiful picture. See, Nicodemus came seeking knowledge in the flesh, but Jesus gave him eternal life, the, the answer for eternal life. Many of us, we 
seek to patch up our own lives. We seek to patch up our flesh. We seek to get knowledge and wisdom of this world. What God wants to do is breathe his life into us and then live that life through us with his living presence, always part of us, having all the realm of heaven living in this vessel for his honor and glory with a mission. And I want us to go to the next slide here, and, and this will explain the mission much easier. Slide, this slide here on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18 says this, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, if anyone has been born again basically and has opened themselves up, enfolded, become one with Christ, that's what that means, Listen to this. He has become what? An entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. So everything in us is fresh and new. This isn't about changing the old flesh. Everything, when Christ comes into us, as we're born again into him, is fresh. It's new. It's him. And then in verse 18, and God has made all things new in us. And he reconciled us to himself. He brought us back into his presence. And he's given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. Simply put, you've been born again. This isn't, and then we say this sometimes, and I know we mean well. I asked Jesus into my heart. Yeah, but... It's not about asking Jesus into your heart. It's about you dying completely and then being reborn with his presence being put into you and he living through you. So when we say, I want to ask Jesus into my heart, it's kind of, yeah, I know and understand. I even say that sometimes. But it's much deeper. It's much deeper. Because once he is in control the king of the universe, of these vessels. There's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no issues, there's no, and I'll get into that in a, in a few moments. Everything has been reconciled to God, and our job is to reconcile others to God. This would include our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world, our old mindsets, we are not reformed. We are not simply refurbished. We are made completely new by the union with Christ indwelling in us. Amen? That's what born again means. And that's the gospel, the good news. This is a simple message, but we get off track sometimes. See, in the moment of your salvation, when you're born again, you can call it your salvation. Every sin you ever committed has been forgiven. Healing for every hurt that you've ever had or ever suffered has been given to you by God. Love and acceptance are yours despite every failure you've ever experienced. Your past, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful, is completely and thoroughly provided for by the blood of Christ. We have to believe that. There's where the rubber meets the road. There's where we have our issues. What happens to us so often is we don't believe that we've been recreated into the image of God. 
We don't believe that His Holy Spirit is living in us. So we walk in this thing called the flesh. And I'm going to tell you, every single addiction that has ever touched man is because they're walking in the flesh. Every single pain that you ever experienced in your heart is not from God. It's from the flesh, from you walking in the flesh. Every trauma that's ever happened in your life is because you're walking in the flesh. Everything that's not of God is because we are walking in the flesh. And it's that simple. And I'm going to show you that all through the scriptures. How over and over again, he says, don't walk in the flesh. Yield to my spirit in you. Allow my presence. Matter of fact, is there anything of God that you probably don't want in you? <laughs> what a stupid question, huh? <laughs> but why would we then step out of the spirit and walk in the flesh and try to control our own lives in the flesh? It doesn't make sense when we really just stop and spiritually think about this. Here's the true testimony of the Word of God. It says that the blood of Jesus Christ and His death and His resurrection is sufficient to completely free you from all of your sins. That's what the Word of God shows us. Satan, though, will seek to convince you that that's not true. So whose testimony are you going to believe? See, when we believe the liar... As Eve did in the garden, we empower the liar. When we believe God, it brings life and truth into us. Who are you empowering in your life? Now, I know that all of us are going to fall and make mistakes. All of us do. But the real issue is, is are you going to walk in the Spirit, get back up, repent, which means to change the way you're thinking, or what you're hearing in your mind, turn back to God and get in the Spirit. God made a way for us to always turn back to Him, always repent. He knew we were going to fall. Uh, Deb and I have had five children. Each one had to learn how to walk. We knew they were going to fall, but we kept encouraging them, kept encouraging them, kept being there for them, even when they hit their head on stuff and like had the big bruise and cut, especially Neo. He fell down. No, where is he? <laughs> But we always encouraged them. We knew though that walking was something they had to do, and they'd always come back to us, and we'd always help them. We'd, they'd struggle, but they'd, we'd always be there for them. God knows that you're going to struggle, struggle, but he wants to be there through your entire walk as you're being conformed into the image of Christ. He never wants you walking in the flesh. He always wants you walking in the Spirit. His perfect love is inside you. Think about this. The perfect love, the perfect love of God is inside of you, and we're saying that his love never what? Failure. Do you have any issues in your life that you're dealing with? The perfect love of God is in you, and his love never fails, and all you have to do is call upon him and say, I yield, I can't handle this situation, it's bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you. And I know that you live in me, and I allow your perfect love to just flow over me, your perfect love never fails, and you will guide me into all truth when I seek you. But instead, what we try to do is run our own lives, have our own jobs in our own places, have our own things, our own hobbies in our own way, and do our own thing, and think somehow that that's going to work. It hasn't worked for over 2,000 years. But born again, 
means something more than that. Matter of fact, as a man thinks in his heart, it says in the scripture, so is he. So whatever you're thinking about all the time and the lie you're putting into your head and all the crud that's flying through your mind, and even if it's good stuff, if it's not put there by God, then it's flesh. And if you're walking in the flesh, you're not walking after the spirit. And if you're walking in the flesh, it means death. And a lot of the stuff that's happening to us in our lives is because we have this wrong mindset. We have the mindset of the flesh instead of the mindset of the spirit. Let's go to the next slide. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, living in you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. God wants you to know that. God wants you to understand that. God wants you to know that within you is Christ. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, is living in you. Come on, is there anything that can mess you up when they got to go through Jesus Christ? When we're yielded, when we're born again. You guys are quiet. God wants to express his love through your life. There's a really big difference between living a religious Christian life and allowing Christ to live in you. There's a huge difference. Many Christians think that living a religious Christian life in their own flesh is going to get them there. But the only thing that gets them there is allowing Christ to live through you. How do I know that? Well, let's look at Romans chapter 8. This is his word speaking again. Romans chapter 8. Let's go to the next slide. Romans chapter 8 um, says this. For the mindset of the flesh is... Death. When you're walking in the flesh, it's going to bring death, destruction. It's going to bring heartache and hurt on you. When you allow your mind to think of the things of the flesh, it brings death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mind focused on the flesh fights God's plans or plan and refuses to submit to his direction. Why? Because it can't. Flesh cannot submit to God. We have to be born again, die to flesh, and allow us to walk in the Spirit. It's only the Spirit that can submit to God. So we're wondering why we struggle and we go through all this junk and addictions get on Christians just as much as people of the world and pornography and, and hurts and offenses and, and that person hurt me. And even when, you know, Things happen in your past. I was molested by this person, and I can't forgive him, and all this junk, all that stuff that gets on you and stays on you because you're walking in the flesh. But when you give it all to God, it can't be part of you anymore. All sin, all issues are wiped clean. I see so many Christians, though, what they'll do is they'll go back and pick that stuff up Put it back on their 
back, you know, I got big shoulders and carry it around. Oh, woe is me. And, you know, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. You know, I just look at some of your Facebook posts. Oh, I had a rough day today. You got the unsmiley face and all oh, this has happened. Oh, woe is me. I don't even go on it anymore. Really? You, you're letting your flesh out, uh, many of you, by speaking that crud. But God wants you to speak spirit and live in the spirit. He loves you so much. He's got a mission and purpose for your life that's bigger than you could ever dream or think of. And so, as he says here in Romans chapter 7, I'll start in verse 7. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no, no matter how hard... They try. God finds no pleasure in those who are controlled by the flesh. It's not that he doesn't love you. He doesn't have pleasure in you being controlled by the flesh. He'll always love you. It's like, like me with my kids. If they're in some, into something that's not good, I have no pleasure in what that stuff they're into. I still love them. God has given you his free will as a gift. He says you've been made in the image and the likeness of God. God will not violate your free will. If you want to live in that crud, he's not going to put a, a chain around your neck and rip you out of it. That would be abuse. Or tie you down in a chain in a chair and make sure you don't do it. That would be abuse. But he loves you so much that he's given you free will, but he'll always, always be there to lift you up if you just turn back to him. Just as it says in the scripture, as a dog goes back to his own vomit, and the pig goes back to being in the muck and the mire again. We can't go back into the flesh because it's going to bring death to us. Um, we have things called um, Celebrate Recovery that we've taught. Uh, the five-step model, uh, the bondage breaker, Sozo, uh, the healing rooms. You know, all those, all they do really is basically take a separated person who's walking in the flesh Show them that they're walking in the flesh, and by hand, try to reconnect them back into the Spirit. Jesus does it by a one-step program. He wants to just grab you by the hand and bring you back into the Spirit, but you've got to put your hand out. Every issue in your life that's not from God is because you're walking in the flesh, and it's from separation. How can I say that? Because if it's of the Spirit... It's going to be good. Right? I mean, some of you are looking at me like, how could you say that? Because it's true. It's the Word of God. Galatians 5.17 um, says, For yourself life craves the things that, are, that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free inside of you. So our self-lives are actually hindering the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings in us hinder our old self-life. So then we have these two incompatible and conflicting forces within us, the self-life of the flesh and the new creation spirit life. Which one are you going to yield to? Which one will you yield to? Every area of our life is either controlled by the spirit or the flesh. There's no other 
There's no in-between. There's no tweener. I wish there was. Because what we do, and I've done it too, and I've been guilty of this, is, God, I put on Christ in this issue of my life, but I'll take Christ off and I can handle this one. That's walking in the flesh. Anytime you do that, that's walking in the flesh. You're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. Period. There's no in-between. That's why we had to be reborn or born again. That's what that word means. Let's go to the next slide, Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. Here's Jesus' words. Listen to what he says in this, just this one verse. All who seek to live apart from me will what? You know, I read through the scriptures and I read through um, Psalms and different areas and it has a story of those who are doing really well on the earth but they're not born again, they're not of God, they're not walking in him. And then it shows the picture of their end. Yeah, they're doing great here and they got their billions or they got this or they got that but, and they mock God and all this stuff. But then it shows them at death going into eternal damnation for all eternity, all lost, everything. And I don't want to get into that. That's not what this message is about. But those who seek to live apart from God, his presence, it goes all the way back to the garden when they were hiding from the presence of God. God brought his son to earth to die in your place so he would cover all sin of all kinds so that you then would be looked at upon him as righteous and clean before his eyes. And he could put all of himself into you. So Jesus took all of you your negative junk on him. And he says, I'm going to give you all of my heavenly glory. And he puts it on us. That's what it's called to be born again. Dead to sin, alive to God. Let me finish this verse. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender some of it to me, The greatest freedom there is in the world is to willingly lay down your life before the king of the universe and allow him to pour all of himself into you. That's freedom. They will lay down their, for my sake, surrender it all to me to discover. What will they discover? True life. This is the gospel, the good news has he come to give you true life. He's come to give you life and give it back to you more abundantly. This life is huge in that when we accept what he's done in his sacrifice, it brings us into union again with him forever. And it also, we have a designed purpose after that, or else he would just take us home to heaven. But then each and every one of you that have been reborn have a ministry that we read about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, it says, then it's our job to show others about this reconciliation, this life that God wants to bring to them. And that's why we're left on this earth. That's your purpose here. You can go do all the other stuff that you want to do. You can have all the friends and all the toys and all the junk. But if it's not focused on that one purpose in your life, is it of the Spirit? Is it?
Greek meaning of this word in Matthew 10, 19 about um, those who cling to their own life, it's those who cling to their own soulish self-being will lose it all. Your Christian life is more than inquiring a head knowledge or memorizing scripture verses or being religious. It is learning to give Jesus Christ total access to all of your life so that he will live all of his life in you. That's born again. In the healing rooms, we've got these um, little signs in each of the healing rooms that says his presence. That's all it says. It's just a fiery picture. His presence in each room. The reason why they're there is, again, what I've been talking about in this Word of God that he's been showing us is it's about his presence living in us. Every single other issue that comes upon man has somehow separated us from his presence. And that's where they have addictions and issues and all that stuff, like I said before. So what happens is they get separated from his presence, crud of this world gets on them, and they've got issues. Our job in the healing rooms, like I said, is to grab them if they would reach out, because actually they came to us, and reconnect them back to the presence of God. That's all it is. That's all reconciling people to Christ is. And it's not just a healing rooms thing. It's the job of every one of us. Grab them by the hand and bring them into the presence of the king of the universe. That's what you're here for. But if you're living in the flesh, how in the world can you do that? When you get all the issues on you and all the problems and you're so focused on, here's how the enemy works. See, he takes these issues and he puts them up here, lies. We believe the liar. We empower him to give us more lies. As we get more lies, the mountain gets bigger. Soon the circumstances are so big that they look bigger than Jesus. And now we're caught living in our circumstances of life. Oh, I've got this, and oh, I've got that, and oh, i got that. Here's an example. This man got hurt, right? He's got a leg that's not working properly. He's got a nerve right now that's not working properly. Does that change his mission in life. Does that change that he still has the ministry of reconciliation? Just because the tent suit got changed a little bit that he's wearing, he is now the Holy Spirit living in him, and he is a spirit being with all of Jesus in him. Does that change his ministry because he was hurt? But so many of us get hurt and wounded, not just physically, that our ministry focus is lost in the circumstances where we live. We have to get our eyes off the circumstance and onto him. Amen. If he cuts off my leg and I only got one leg, I'm still got a mission. And he's not going to cut off my leg. The enemy will be the one doing it. But it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Psalm 140 verse 13 says it like this to those who are lovers of God. Here, the godly lovers are talking to God himself. Your godly lovers, or this is a person saying this, your godly lovers will thank you no matter what happens, for they will choose to cherish your presence above everything else. Psalm 140, verse 13. Let me read that again. 
For your godly lover, lovers will thank you no matter what happens. They will choose to cherish your presence above everything else. Are we choosing to cherish the presence of God that he's put in us more than anything else in our lives? Your heavenly Father's plan from the beginning of time was to place his eternal Son into you. If you are a Christian, all the fullness of God already dwells in you. Christ's life becomes your life. And when Christ lives in you, he brings every divine resource with him. Every time you face a need, you meet it with the presence of the crucified, risen, triumphant Lord of the universe inhabiting you. When God invites you to become involved in his work, he has already placed his son in you so that he can carry out his assignment through your life. You get that? This is the definition of faith, though. <clears throat> is we have to believe it. See, without faith, it says in Hebrews 11.6, it's impossible to please God because he's a, a rewarder of those who are diligently seeking him. What it really means is that if we don't believe that we're born again, if we don't believe what Jesus came and did, if we don't believe the gospel, we're not walking in faith, we're walking in flesh. And when we walk in flesh, we don't have faith, and it's impossible to please God if you're walking in the flesh. That's the Neil Hughes version of the Le Hebrews 11.6. Does that make sense? Walking in faith means that we believe what Jesus came and did for us and what he has done for us. Thank you, Denny. You guys are real quiet. So, again, why would we carry the baggage of the old self-life around? Oh, woe is me, this happened to me. Oh, woe is me, I've got this sickness. Oh, woe is me, this disease got on me. Oh, woe is me, I got this physical issue. Oh, woe is me, um, cancer's now after me. Oh, woe is me. And you hear Christians talking that way. I must have a dark cloud over my head. Oh, woe is me. Oh, you sound like Eeyore. <laughs> We don't have many years on this earth. We've got only so many times on this earth to go around the sun. And then our life will be eternally with him. But while we're on this earth, let's be about the mission. Allowing his life to come and flow through us to touch others for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Jesus is the best one-step program I know of getting us out of a mess. And will you mess up? Maybe you're not like me. I mess up sometimes, and I get back in the flesh too often, way too often. But I know this one truth is so good, as I call it, keep short accounts with God. When I get too far in the flesh, I know that something ain't right. And I quickly say, I am sorry. I messed up. I've walked away from you. I'm coming back. I'm repenting, meaning changing the way I'm thinking. I begin to, and if those thoughts just keep they're in your mind and they keep telling you all this junk. The liar won't let go. What I'll do is I start praising him. Thank you, Jesus. You are king and Lord. Thank you for your what you did on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you've given 
new life to me and you live in me. And though I'm not worthy of it, you've made me part of the royal family. Hallelujah. I'm going to live all eternity in your presence. And Lord, I'm having trouble with this right now, but I know that you've got the answer for the trouble. And I just keep talking to him. And I, when, you know what? Guess what happens? This is a truth that you'll have to try. When you're thinking or talking about something else, you can't think or talk about that other thing. Try that sometime when the enemy's filling your head full of lies. Start talking to Jesus and start thinking about him. And don't stop talking. And here's those who are spirit-filled. That is the greatest time to begin speaking tongues in your prayer language. Because the spirit is making intercession to God to, through you without going through this noggin. It's a weapon. Let's go on to... Um, the last slide here, this is the last one, um, Ephesians 4. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, the Word of God says it like this. He has, or and he has taught you to what? Let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, and some versions say of the flesh or the flesh man. The old self-life which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that, string, that spring from where? And the liar putting delusions in your mind. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that has been given to you. by, And that's by God, of course. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. Christ is in you. Be transformed and let his life be magnified in you. You're in life union with him. Mm. For God has recreated you. No, he didn't do a reconstruction job of the old self. He didn't kind of make a, a little add-on room or anything. He didn't take you in the flesh and just kind of fix it up. He recreated you. You've been born again. The, the self is dead. And guess what? When the self is dead and been crucified, it can't get offended. It can't hurt. It can't take offenses. It can't live in that stuff because it's dead. And when he is living through you, oh, hallelujah. Um, it's time for the, I'm going to start, now it's time to be made new by every revelation that has been given to you. And I'm going to go read verse 24 again. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within, as your new life and live, hallelujah, in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again. What? In his perfect righteousness. It says that as he sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ in you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ because all of Christ now has been put in you. Because you have given him all of your junk and all your sin. And he's given you all of himself, which is perfect righteousness. So when God sees you, he sees perfect righteousness when he looks on you. That's who you are. That's who God sees. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your, your junk. It's been put under the blood as far as the east is from the west. It's not to be brought up again. He sees you as you are and what you're going to be in all eternity with Christ's covering of his blood on you. 
That's our dad. That's our papa. <laughs> That's how he sees us. And it's so good. So he sees us in perfect righteousness. And now you belong to him in the realm of true holiness. It's not your holiness. I know people who try to beat themselves and do all this stuff and try to be religious. You can't be religious enough in the flesh. It just can't happen. But true holiness comes when you're yielded to the Christ in you. Then his holiness becomes your holiness. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. Come on. His power becomes your power to walk in. Come on. Every cell of your body, if it's saturated with the living God, if it has the love of Christ, perfect love flowing through it, come on, on a cellular level, every cell of your body is filled. Because it says in Romans 5, 5, that the Holy Spirit pours, saturates you with the love of God. It saturates you. I want to ask you something. Anybody having trouble with any... Um, disease of any kind. Now, you don't have to tell me. You don't even have to raise your hand. Any disease of any kind. If the love of Christ in Christ and his, his spirit is in you on a cellular, cellular level, that means every cell in your body has been made clean. If there's cells that are growing that are not from him, do we have the right to go to daddy and say... These cells in here aren't from you. I'm totally yielded to you and your love. I know on a cellular level. Now, this might be too far for some of you to go, but that's truth. Cancer can't grow in a host that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, do we have bodies that are going to decay and wear out? We've got a tent that we've been given to, where this perfect love is living in. There's an appointed time for this tent to end on this earth, and we're going to give a, 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 get a renewed tent that this soul and spirit will live in forever. But until that time, cancer, you don't have no, I don't have time to get cancer. I got a mission. I don't have time for diabetes. I got a mission. I don't got time for the flu. I've got a mission. Come on. I, what was it, a, about a week ago, the flu was trying to get on me, wasn't it? It took a couple hours. It was like I could feel the, the starting to get a little fever or something. I said, whoa, wait a second. Hey, in the name of Jesus, be gone. You have no right here. I'm on a mission from God right now, and I don't have time to be set down with this. And go in Jesus' name. And what did it do? It went. It has to obey Jesus. See, that's what, it's him in us. It's not that we're some special, like, hey, look at that guy. Look what he can do. It has nothing to do with the guy or the person. or the. It has everything to do with Jesus in you. That's him. And when we're on a mission, I'm not going to get stopped by that stuff until, they, until I'm dead and gone out of this earth. Amen? So... I'm going to read a next verse. I, I, it only goes to 24 here. I'm going to read 25. It says, So disregard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth. For we all belong one to another. Basically, speak the truth, not what the liar is telling you. And we're going to close um, here. But the good news is that Jesus Christ is in you. That's the good news. That's the gospel. 
and that Christ in you is your hope of glory. And Christ in you is he's put there for not only all eternity that we're going to live in his presence and we're back into the family of God, but that these few short years as we live on this earth, him and us together have an impossible task to do, and that would be impossible in the flesh, but we have an impossible task to do, and that's to bring reconciliation to others. But it's not impossible for him. And if we try to do it in the flesh, it's not going to work. That's why there's so much religion in the world. But when we walk in him, in true Jesus, people will be attracted to the true Jesus in you as he shines out for you. That's why it says, be lights unto this dark world. Allow the one who illuminates you from the inside out to light other people and show them the truth. One last verse. I'm going to have you look in your own Bibles. I want you to circle this verse. I want you to look at it. It's, it's Galatians 2.20. All of you, probably it's pretty familiar verse to most of you. But I want you to actually use this verse because here's what's going to happen. As soon as you walk out the door, the enemy's going to test you. You're going to get tested to live in the flesh. You will. That's just the way it works. This is a war. The enemy does not want you walking in the spirit realm on this earth. He wants you to be so beaten up by yourself um, I'm going to give Pastor Brenda's testimony because she's already given it up from the pulpit but this is so true she saw this person in the hospital all shriveled up and all it was a Christian and all filled with all these diseases and sicknesses and all in the hospital just can't be doing anything because they're all stuck in the hospital and the person that brought them there said Pastor Brenda, pray for that person. And Pastor Brenda looked, and the Holy Spirit said to her, no. So she said, no, I'm not going to pray for that person. And you think that's cruel or something. But then the Holy Spirit showed her, tell the person that they're believing a lie from the liar and that they'll be free when they believe the truth. And when she told the person that, laying in the hospital bed all crippled up, the person began to unfold and become uncrippled and began to see the light of God began to shine on them because they began to believe that they were under the control of the liar who's made them like that so they'd be ineffective for the kingdom of God. And they got free and got healed. Many of us have had our minds under the control of the enemy, unfortunately. And we've empowered the liar. Today's your day to get free, amen? Well, let's go to Galatians and 2.20 and see what it says there. Galatians 2.20, again, most of you know it. <clears throat> I have it in red. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. So, when he died on the cross, I died. It is no longer I that live. So my flesh doesn't live anymore. But Christ, who lives in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Someone's got to cheer that on a little bit. I'm dead in the flesh, which, you know what? I wasn't doing a good job anyway. And now I'm alive in Christ, and I have all of Christ in me. There's something cool about that. That born-again stuff is like, this is real. This isn't, a, this isn't a fantasy. This isn't a religious thing. There's something real. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
He died for us and took all our junk, all our pain, all our sorrows, all our sickness, all our disease, all our sin, and he gave him all of himself. And he said, come on, come on, Neil. Come on, come on, Linda. Hey, Dennis, come on. I got a journey for you. It's going to be impossible for you in the flesh. It will be. But guess what? You and I together, we got something to do. Come on, I want you to reconcile. Help me reconcile others to this truth. Come on, can you do it? Come on, I'm going to give you some years on this earth to do that. And then I'll take you home with me to be forever with me as one. Come on, we'll create some galaxies and do all kinds of cool stuff. But right now, would you come with me? Will you come with me? My son, my daughter, will you come with me on this mission I put set before you? Don't get caught up in the lies of the enemy. Don't get caught up in trying to live your life on this earth yourself. Don't come on, I got a mission for you. He's calling you into that mission today. But you gotta yield to his power. You gotta yield to him in your life. You gotta walk in his spirit and not in your own flesh. And I'll say it because I have to say it over and over again because I know some of you are walking in some junk and I'm not saying it to be mean-spirited but it comes from being separated from him and walking in the flesh and you have a choice all the junk that's coming on your life you're not a victim you've been either lied to and you believed it or you've chosen to walk in the flesh and it's that simple So I'm laying out a challenge for you today. Repent. Turn to Him. Come back into the spirit realm. Come back and allow Him to have full control. Come back to Him. So if you all stand right now. Some of you here have been dealing with some addicted behavior. Some of you have had some sickness and disease and crud on you. Some of you have got some sin issues. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the one-step program. I mean, I've counseled people for years and years to celebrate recovery, and it's a good program. But Jesus has a one-step program, and that is repent, turn back to him, Ask for true forgiveness and ask for his spirit to come upon you. Ask for his life to come upon you. Yield to him. And when that addiction begins to rip at you or pull you, or that sin issue, or that sickness or the disease begins to rip at you or pull you again, begin to thank him, begin to praise him, begin to speak on him. It says, set your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. That's Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Why does he say that? Because when your affections, your mind is speaking to him and and understanding who you are, it can't do two things at once. And when those things begin to tug at you and pull at you, because they will, focus on him and what he did for you. Amen? He's got the answer. If I can have the prayer team come forward, uh, we've got folks up here that will pray for you. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now would be a really good time to receive that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is just the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming on you in such a way it's evidenced in, in speaking in tongues. He gives you a prayer language. He gives you a lot of different things with that. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is important because if we're going to live in the Spirit, I would think that you want the power of the Holy Spirit ruling and reigning in your life. 
that is available right now also if there's any issue in your life that you'd like to get taken out of your life or deal with today um, today's the day to do it don't let this be just a message the reason why we call this the altar is because the altar is a place where flesh burns the altar is a place where you put flesh to die so we call it an altar so that all the stuff of your flesh will die so that you can live in spirit life if there's anything in your life that needs to die there's an altar here you don't have to go to the prayer folks you can just get on your face before God or come up here the other thing why why the reason why we ask you to come forward anybody could sit in their seats and say hey nobody sees me this way but when you actually are willing to step out in faith what you're doing is showing the angels the principalities the demonic forces the liar showing God that I'm willing to walk the aisle and come to the altar sometimes it takes some steps in faith I'm asking you to take some steps today. Those that just want to get closer to God, the altars are open. But before you leave here today, please, please, please. Ask God to search you, to try you, to look into your life. Find if there's any fleshly or wicked ways in you. Turn from that and allow his presence his love his son his spirit to have full control of you Amy's just gonna finish out here with 